And welcome here to a very special edition of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We call this the Liverpool Leadership Lounge. We do it every summer with these gentlemen. So we have the superintendent of schools all the way down here. That is Dan Henner here with us. So happy to have Dan, superintendent of schools here in the Liverpool Central School District. And we have the athletics director of Liverpool High School, Ari Lieberman, and myself, Dan Tortora of Wake Up Call. You know that Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is here with you every month at Avicoli's on 7839 Oswego Road in Liverpool, New York. Literally steps right outside the door and walk straight down the street to Liverpool High School. You can see it from Avicoli's. So we appreciate being here in the community. And I love doing the Liverpool Leadership Lounge because it gives us a look behind the curtain, so to speak, with, with Ari and with Dan. So welcome, gentlemen. You? Thank you. Thank you. So Dan, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start with you here. You said you had some things that we had to wait to talk about. So I'm going to kind of just open it up to you and say, what can we talk about today that maybe we couldn't have talked about yesterday? Well, our Board of Education last night approved a resolution okay. that basically outlines uh, that 20 years ago, uh, Liverpool changed our imagery. Yeah. Um, away from the Native American imagery to the Roman warrior imagery. Right. And currently the state is asking school districts to move away from any history that has anything to do with the Native American history. Okay. So our resolution basically says that, uh, th that the school district feels that we have moved away from that history. Okay. But if the state um, has an appetite for us to do more, then we will comply with the state. And as of today, we have not got any. The logo, keep the name or change. Okay. As of right now, as of right now, um, the district has until the end of the 2025 school year okay. to um, to get that guidance from the state. So I'm sure we'll get some clarification over the next few months, um, okay. hopefully. And, uh, and, and depending on what that guidance is, uh, you know, I'll bring that information back to the school board. We'll have conversations and we'll gather as a community and we'll figure this out together. Ari, your, your thoughts on if there were to come a day where we're not the Liverpool Warriors? Well, I'm going to do whatever the boss says and uh, whatever the Board of Education says. Um, obviously, there's a ton of history and, and tradition um, tied to the name, right? Tied yeah. to all of our logos. Um, and, you know, no matter what we have to do, we're going to hang on to that. You know, we will do whatever we have to do to um, make our alumni feel uh, special. Yeah. So, I mean, how... How do you kind of tackle something of this nature as an athletic director? I know you said you got to defer to your boss, but what what do you kind of think about if and when something like this were to happen? We're just going to take it as it comes, you know, and deal with it. Um, that's what we do. You know, we preach flexibility, responsiveness. Yeah. Um, and when that time comes, we're going to act on it and um, deal with it as we, we see fit. Dan, from the conversations that you've had, how do you – how do you see this? How do you view it? I mean, when, when we're linked to tradition and we're linked to all this history, how do you kind of 
view what could happen? Well, I mean, there's the extremes of a change to the extreme of nothing happening. Uh, so we just, like Mr. Lieberman just said, we just need to be patient. Um, but that's where if we do need to make a change, ultimately getting the community involved, our alumni involved, yeah. to, so that we work through this as a community because at the end of the day, we are one community and it's important for people to understand why we have to make the change and whatever that change would be, would be um, you know a community process. But ultimately, um, the Board of Education will give me that direction. Yeah. Um, but you know, listening to already people that have reached out to me, and I've had both sides reach out to me, the people that like to see a change, people that don't want to see a change. Um, but, but the bottom line is we'll, we'll wait to see what the guidance is from the state. And then based on what that is, we'll gather as a community and we'll figure this out together. You know, and, and we talk about the community and the importance of it. And Dan, I'll stay with you for this first. Just what you could say about, you know, how this Liverpool community, be it this, be it anything, has come together over the years. Because I was speaking with Ari about this at the beginning of COVID, that, you know, everyone was kind of bracing themselves. There was all of this fear and concern. Everybody was away from each other. And with all this negativity and all this fear out there, Liverpool was growing. Liverpool was working. Liverpool was evolving. And there was this bright spotlight in our community of everything that Liverpool High School was working on and the Central School District, which really gave us some hope. Just what that's meant to you over the last few years. Well, it's been outstanding. I mean, we had a board meeting last night with our, uh, our curriculum of directors and assistant superintendents presented our year-long data. Uh, you could see the, the growth of our kids and their reading and their math scores and all elementary levels, the number of kids that um, grow, looking at our growth, looking at our achievement. Uh, we had a really successful school year. How, how does that happen? It doesn't just happen in the classroom. We have excellent teachers. We have excellent administrators. But we also have parents that are participating. We have grandparents. You look at our community nights. We pack gyms. We pack our open houses. We pack you know, our auditorium. The, the, doesn't matter what the event is, we we have a lot of community slash staff support, and, and that's how the magic happens. I mean, it doesn't happen because of one person, two people. It doesn't happen because of one successful program. It becomes, you know, our, our whole community is what makes this thing go. And when you see the evolution of this Liverpool, I'm going to call it a campus because it looks more like a college to me, but when you see the evolution of it, just what that beacon of hope did for you from 2020 to now? Well, I mean, you're talking about our campus. I mean, look at our gym, look at our auditorium, look what the community voted on last year yeah. to add to our CTE center, what used to be the Wetzel Road Elementary School. We'll, we'll, next summer, we'll be working on our a new cafeteria in the gymnasium, or a new cafeteria in the high school that is in the middle between that beautiful gym, that beautiful auditorium at our high school. We'll be working on the stadium. And then the following summer, we'll be one of the first schools in New York State, or not New York State, in central New York that has a turf baseball field and a turf softball field, which anyone that knows spring sports, it just seems like it's wetter and it's rainier and the weather impacts, you know, our, our spring seasons more than it ever has. And be able to have those resources for our kids, you know, the community support is, you know, is how all that happens. I mean, we have successful votes, um, great planning in our business office to reduce the amount of 
tax levy impact to the community. That work that I'm talking about right now has no impact on our tax levy, and that's from great planning, great minds in our business office, communicating with the Board of Education, and uh, and then bringing it to the, um, the, the community for their consideration and, and then all their support. That money doesn't get there without the community support, without all the all the pieces working together. You know, and Ari, and I appreciate those those notes, Dan, very much so. Ari, you and I talked about this, you know, you were going through this this past season of having to schedule a baseball game like the day of because of weather and because of conditions and different things going on. So knowing that turf is coming for softball and baseball, just what you feel like that can do to lessen the headaches of your coaches and, and yourself and just what it could do for the student-athletes. Yeah, for sure. You know, we want to be able to play games as much as we can. Obviously, artificial surfaces help that, right, a great deal. Um, I just returned last week from Atlanta and the field turf manufacturing facility. Um, so we're doing our homework to focus really on health and safety yeah. for the kids and, you know, putting the best product on our facilities that we can to make sure that, you know, playability, if you will, health and safety, those things are first and foremost. Um, we're certainly fortunate that this community, and I've said this to you before, values what we do athletically. They value what we do in the fine arts department. So, you know, I'm super excited, you know, to build this project. Everyone kind of knows I love to do this stuff, so I can't wait. You know, you you came over a few years ago to Liverpool. And you nine. Had a, nine. I'm saying, I'm saying, okay, I'm trying to keep you young. No. <laughs> so... So you come over almost a decade ago, and in in these nine years, as we head toward a, a ten year anniversary for you, how would you describe it? I mean, we uh, we've had a tremendous amount of success. There's no doubt about it. Um, but that's really because of the coaches, the leaders, the families, um, the kids, of course, um, and the support that I've had um, from our superintendent, Dr. Potter, Mr. Henner. And our board of educations, um, like I said, they um, it's important what we do uh, and that we feel that support. It makes it easy for us to go out and try to be great. You know, that's what we do every day. You talk about the coaches. I want to know how you do this because you have all of these fantastic coaches that you bring in, two of them former Syracuse players, Ryan Blackwell and Preston Schumper. Uh, what, what is the – Ari Lieberman message. What's, I mean, I feel like you're, you're like putting, I mean, you're almost like Nick Fury putting the Avengers together in a way. So how do you do it? And you bring in, you bring in my guy. about Wheeler. I was just about to say, you brought in my guy wheels and because I knew he was going to retire for about 15 minutes. (laughs) And I think I told him when he told me, because I was driving actually on this street, I was on 57 and he said, Dan, I want you to know before anybody else, because you and I have built a relationship over the years, he said, I'm going to step away. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm going you know, to step away. I'm going to stop coaching, spend some time, do some hockey with the boys. And I said, I'll see you. I think I said, I'll see you in 12 minutes. It was something of that nature. I said, I'll, I said, I'm excited for you now, and I support you no matter what. And I look forward at the same time of when you come back. And then he called me. You know, what, a year later, not even a year later, and said, guess what? I'm coming back. I got this opportunity, and I told him that my surprise face was my normal face. So 
you, you bring in Mike Wheeler, who's one of the winningest coaches of any sport, and him being women's basketball, girls' basketball in our community, everything he did at OCC. You bring in Ryan Blackwell. You bring in Preston Schumper. And the list goes on and on of, of other people that you know swam for Syracuse. There's so many talented, amazing coaches. How do you do it? Uh, um, because you bring them in, there's got to be something you do. It's his wife. (laughs) (laughs) It's my wife. Shout out out to Tracy. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Shout out to Tracy for sure. Um, We, you know, honestly, I'm going to go back to the support that we have. You know, we pride ourselves at Liverpool um, at being the best. Yeah. Um, And I guess that's, you know, those guys, that, that's my personal relationships with those guys, but having them understand what Liverpool is and how great Liverpool is. And, you know, people come in and talk about the facilities all the time, certainly say, oh, this looks like a college. Well, that's that's our job. Like, that's our goal, right? Our goal was to make it like a college. You know, we want a college facility. We want college programs. We want college uniforms. We want college officials. You know, we want that experience for our kids. I want, I want I want college apparel. I'm still waiting. We're going to summer. Summer is our summertime, right? Summertime. I'm still waiting. Dan, you know I have to say it every time Ari's here, right? I got to say. So we do, you know, and those things are important too. Yeah. You know, apparel is important. Equipment's important. Branding is important. Yeah. And you know, we, we work hard on those things. Will you guys wear a wake-up call hat if I get you one from our new merchandise store? Of course. Of course. Okay. All right. And keep your word for that. But so how did you get wheels back? How'd you talk him into it? Well, to be honest, our, our former coach um, had a relationship with Coach Wheeler. Yeah. Um, coach Wheeler had come in last year to help us in the jam with our JV program. Right. Um, did an outstanding job. And uh, this year, just the opportunity presented itself. And uh, we spoke on the phone. And... Um, he said, what are you thinking? And I said, do you want the job? <laughs> and he said, I would love it. And, uh, you know, obviously we go through that process of the vetting and the certification and all that. But, uh, you know, he's obviously a proven winner. Um, he was nominated uh, last week at the all uh, the high school sports awards for the overall coach of the year award. Yeah. Uh, Bridget Marquardt from Skinny Alice won the award, but Mike was in that mix. Ryan Blackwell, was there ever any fear when Bayheim stepped away and there was a seat open? Was there ever any fear that you had to sit down with Ryan Blackwell and talk about, hey, we could lose this guy? Because every year people ask me, is he going back to Syracuse? Going to be a head coach somewhere else? Is he going to go to college? What's he going to do? Because we know he's talented too. Yes. Um, I don't know if fear is the right word okay um for that him and i are you know very good friends so yeah. i don't know fears the word um when the opportunity presents itself for him um and it's the right one yeah um then he'll go um, but i feel like right now this is his opportunity um this is his community obviously he's a proven winner um dan gets asked about it probably 20 times a week um i do as well um, and again, when the time is right and it's ready to, you know, he's ready to make that move, um, we'll go, we'll be gone together. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, 
<laughs> no, it's true. You know, these are these are you know the questions we get asked, and you know, he's, he still works for Liverpool. Are there incremental raises you give them every year? <laughs> those things are those are those are contractual. Um, those things are all uh, you know they're collectively bargained. So that really doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah, no, I understand. I'm just messing around. So Dan, how do you think this gets done? Why? Why is because Ari, Ari always defers and talks about everybody else. So. Is there a special Ari Lieberman message, way about him, charisma, that you feel like keeps these coaches staying and keeps them interested? Because I've only named a few, but when I look down the line, I mean, I've sat in this booth with so many of the coaches at Liverpool for the Warriors, and every single one of them has their own personality. They find ways to win. They connect with their student-athletes. They make my job easy. So is there something Ari's doing that you can give him credit for? Well, I'm going to make it simple. Okay. It's, it's, it, it, and it's not simple, but it, it's a simple concept. Okay. Ari puts in an incredible amount of time, which is not simple. And that's why I acknowledged his wife a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> um, you know, to, to do this right. Yeah. There's no other way to do it than spend a, a lot of time. And, and it's not it's not the eight hours that we pay you to work. It's the weekends. It's nights. It's phone calls. It's Sundays. It's extra committees. It's, you know, I mean, already this next year is in charge of the Section 3 facilities. You know, he's going to lead that committee. Yeah. He gets nothing extra for doing all of that. But that, 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 that puts Liverpool in a different position. Uh, all of these things are, it's just, it, it's time. I mean, Ari has four children and I know he's an incredibly dedicated father. Um, yeah. And he's, so he, I don't know how he does it, ba balancing all the things he does. And, you know, I know Tracy's a huge part of that, you know, to balance their family, but the commitment that Ari gives to Liverpool, it, you can't, you can't put a price tag on that because, what that does is when you're putting your the time in and when the coaches come in and they see the athletic director in the office, it's not, you know, a message, hey, do this. It's, here. I'm going to help you. And, 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 he, and he's there. He's a part of every program, yeah. um, you know. And so that sounds simple, but you put those shoes on and you have to do it day in and day out. Um, that's why I, I encourage Ari in the summertime to take some extra time. But it's hard because now we have camps and it's – you know, what used to be, hey, three seasons, you're the athletic tractor, take the summers off. Um, you know, we we run camps during February break. We run camps. You know, everything is going 24-7, seven days a week, 12 months a year. It's, uh, it's, it's, a taxing, it's a taxing job. But because we have all the success, it's a rewarding job. And the other thing I know about Ari is, you know, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, but we win. And that yeah. makes Ari very, very happy. He's incredibly dedicated, but he's a winner. And, you know, and if we aren't being successful, that just means he's going to work harder to turn around a program. It's not it's not ever about settling. And, and, and for our kids, our community, we've learned to expect that. I mean, there are times where I have to think back, geez, look at that program a year ago. Now look at it now, but we still have community members that want more. And Ari keeps digging in and making it more. So... Hats off to all the work the athletic 
department does because it's not just already we you know Carrie Young, secretary, the assistant in the office. You know Ryan Blackwell has stepped up. You know in more ways than one, just not basketball. Yeah. You know helping out with the facilities. So so we have we have an incredible team doing some incredible things. When you see what Liverpool has become over these years, Dan, and, and, you know, when you and I met, you were the deputy superintendent, now you're the superintendent. As you've evolved your career and risen in your career, this transformation, what has it done for your life personally? Like from your seat, how do you view all of this evolution and progression? Because it seems like the one thing Liverpool doesn't do is sit still. Yeah, I mean, everything I just everything I just said about Ari, um, <laughs> I, I walk that walk and talk that talk. But I try to do that. You know, the support that Ari gives our coaches, I try to get to all of our administrators. Yeah. You know, I, I try to support our board of education. Um, you know, so there's an awful lot to do that. But we have an incredible team. I mean, I I believe I have of my central office administrators, I have four or five right now that be, could be applying for superintendencies. I have executive directors that could be assistant superintendents in, in other places, but they choose to stay in Liverpool because they love Liverpool. Um, we have alumni, we have just people that have been here for their careers. And in most cases, they don't stay because they have aspirations to be superintendents themselves, but they're incredibly dedicated and uh, and we care about each other. It's like I could talk about, I just talked about Artie's family. I could talk about a lot of my administrators and their families and you know, the dedication to their families. And there's one thing that, you know, we did last year, our administrative retreat, where I, where I said, your family comes first, yeah. then the Liverpool Central School District, and then my number three was the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> but, and we, I said, hey, you got to have, your, your number three has got to be something that you enjoy to do and, yeah. and something you're passionate about. But your, your number one better be your family. Your number, and, and you know, that's an expectation that I have. And your number two better be the school district. And, and, and it's not a 40-hour job. If you're an administrator in this district, you live the job and, and we live it together and we succeed together. And when we fail, we figure it out together. Who do you feel like helped pave the way for what Liverpool has become? Like, who would you say are some mentors for you, Dan, or some people that you feel like before you came in or as you were evolving into what you are today? Who would you credit has really helped to build it? Because there's a certain, and we've talked about it here tonight, there's a certain expectation of Liverpool that is all your own. So where do you think that expectation was kind of born out of? Well, I mean, in 2017, I was superintendent of a small school district, and Dr. Potter had a conversation with me and had the support of the school board to, you know, replace replace a high level administrator with a deputy superintendent with the vision that person may might end up being the next superintendent. So they, they wanted to keep some of the, that board had the vision to, you know, to let Dr. Potter go out and, and find someone that might fit that role. And then what was it? Two, two boards ago, um, the board of education chose me to be the next superintendent, but you know, that, that all started with, you know, the Board of Education that in that 2017, 2018 school year, they had, the, they gave Dr. Potter the authority that said, hey, go out and get a sitting superintendent, which it's very rare that someone that's a sitting superintendent is willing to come to a district and be the deputy superintendent 
Um, but with my history in the district and my relationships with the, the people that were here, um, my relationship with Dr. Potter, it was something that fit my family and it fit my career. And I'm, I'm so thankful that I did it now. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, so hats off to the 2017-2018 Board of Education in Liverpool and for Dr. Potter um, for knocking on my door a few times and uh, maybe twist my arm a little bit, but I'm so <laughs> thankful that he did it. Ari, for you, who would you say you would credit either through mentorship or what they've done that has helped to pave the way? Because what you and Dan constantly say is it's a team, it's a team, it's a team. So who of this history do you look to and say, I'm happy that they made that move or I'm happy that this happened, either personally for you or in general, it helped us get to where we are? Well, so when I was at the athletic director for Henniger and Nottingham in 2013-14, um, Mr. Mangicaro had retired and um, reached out to me uh, to gauge my interest in coming to Liverpool. And at the time, there really weren't too many places um, that I would consider. Yeah. Um, I knew Dr. Potter because he had filled in in 2008-2009 as the interim athletic director at Liverpool. So in the league capacity as ADs, we had the so I, ability to work together, so I knew the superintendent. I was intrigued by it. Um, Mark was a great mentor you know, to me. Um, he let me lead a department, but I knew I could lean on him you know, as I needed to. Um, so many mentors for me coming up through, you know, as a young man in the, in the coaching world, Bobby Campisi, Paul Seeley, um, George Mangicaro, uh, Pete Sala, you know, many, many people um, that I can credit for that. But um, in my job at Liverpool, the greatest thing about it is the support um, and the ability that I have to go do my job. Yeah. Well, and you, you just brought up Bobby Campisi, which I don't know if you know, but he's my cousin. So having that, you know, his name always comes up in a positive way. You brought him up. What what can you tell me about him and, and why you would say his name? Well, we, we talk almost every day. Okay. He's still, he's one of my best friends. Um, my student taught with him um, in 1995. They called me and said, we need somebody to come coach football here. I was still finishing up at Syracuse. And um, I said, okay, uh, when do you need me to be there? And they said, tomorrow, 3.30. <laughs> and I, I showed up. I showed up at 3.30 the next day. Um, and quite honestly, uh, that was the fall of 1995. Um, and then everything really just kind of spiraled from there. I started coaching, and there it went. Are there any – Playful banter text messages that go back and forth between you two? All the time. Okay. They're, they're <laughs> awful, though. We can't talk about those. Fair enough. Fair Before enough. we get into some rapid I fire. I can tell you a story about him from yesterday if you want. I would love to hear Dunkin a story about Donuts. I pull up. I order my cold brew. Yeah. And um, the woman says, is there, you know, is there anything else that, you know you would like? And I say, of course, no, thank you. And as I'm starting to put my window up, he's screaming because I have him on Bluetooth. He's screaming, he'll take one of everything. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so I, I can tell you a, a funny, I can tell you a story that's kind of similar to that, but I was in the car. So 
I, uh, I went, I went on a, on a date, a couple dates with somebody. And so I'll leave her name off the air, but she went up to, she went to Starbucks and she, she said like on the way there, do you want something? And I was like, I, you know, I don't know. I think so. I think this is what I'm going to get. And so we get into the thing. We, we drive up to the drive through and she gives her order to the guy and he says, do you want anything else? And I said, yeah, I'll have. And she goes, no, that's it. While I was giving my order and she put the window up and I looked at her and I go, what was that about? She said, what are you talking about? I said, I was ordering like midway through the order. We're in the same car. She goes, I didn't hear you. I said, I have to speak my voice past your face to get to the guy. So then we get to the thing and the guy's looking at us because, I mean, he heard it. And then she goes, well, order something now. I was like, no, I'm good. She said, no, go ahead now. I said, no. You cut me off then, we're good. So I'm not seeing her anymore, obviously. But you know, <laughs> but it's it's <laughs> there's a lot of reasons. But yeah, I mean I, I feel like there's common etiquette. So what I can say to my cousin Bobby is you and I both got cut off in a drive through recently. Like he does it to me all the time. See, I do it whenever I know some one of my friends and a lot of my close friends were like brothers. When I know they're in a drive through, they now know to mute me. Because if they don't Yes, I say all, I say all kinds. Yeah, of you stuff. have to be yeah. yeah, no, I, I have a good time when I know that they're in the drive-through. But with all due respect, when they say to me like, "Why would you say that in a drive-through?" When I'm in a drive-through, then you're just as bad. They're just not as creative as I am. All right. So, okay. so before we get into rapid fire, I do want to you know look at the timeline, Ari. So, with what we have going on here in the sports world what is what's kind of our timeline we talked about softball fields and baseball fields but of the projects that we can speak about what does it look like from here forward so our intention is to basically shut down the stadium at the beginning of may next year okay. um, we're going to be working on replacing our turf and our track okay and that is the spring of 24. okay and the following spring, 25, we're going to be looking at our tennis courts and our standalone baseball and standalone softball complexes. Standalone, you say? So, yeah, so, so yeah. many, it's just a, um, many of the newer complexes for softball, if you will, for yeah. turf, are sharing a space with a multi purpose lacrosse field. Yeah. So they're in the corner, like South Jefferson, for example, they have a really nice one just visited there but we won't be doing that it'll be a softball field and a baseball field um, in the fall our baseball field the intention is that the marching band will have the opportunity to use the outfield there uh, for their practices so it really will be uh, a multi-use multi-purpose space yeah. but our timeline is spring of 24 spring of 25 and stadium work too stadium work press box uh Team rooms, some capacity, additional bathrooms, which we need desperately. We have two, two facilities <laughs> in a very large stadium that it creates a, a great deal of problem for us, um, actually. So we're very excited about you know increasing our facilities as well. And when does that start? When, when are we next year. Okay. Stadium next complex will be next so stadium year. Complex next May. Part of the 20th. Baseball, softball, okay. 25. Okay. Fair enough. Dan, how do we get this done? Like you said, this, some of this work is not affecting the taxpayer. 
right? There's there's certain things that you said are not well not affecting like a certain levy. you know levy the, the tax levy. So how do we get some of this done where you know the community isn't really excited, but then like oh my god my taxes. Um, well, we we set up certain reserve accounts. Um, yeah. So we have a hundred eighty million dollar budget. So it's it's common that we'll have five million, six million dollars left at the end of the school year, because that you you never know when a roof's going to blow off the school. You know, during a Labor Day storm, whatever it might happen. So if nothing unfortunate happens, we should have between five and ten million dollars left in our budget each year. But you just you don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, we have a self, we're a self-funded um, insurance program here in, in Liverpool for our employees. So we could have, unfortunately, like a $2 million cancer treatment. We, we just don't know what we don't know. Right. But if there's extra money in the budget, we, we do uh, fiscal planning. And we put some of that money, a lot of that money, into our capital reserve. And what that does is when you vote a project, let's say the project costs, I'm just for easy numbers, the state covers 80% of a project. So if you can have 20% of what that project costs in your, in your reserve, that means the, the community pays no more, um, no, no new added tax. In theory, they've already been taxed for that money. That's why it's in that reserve. Right. But, but what a lot of school districts do is they'll put it into other things and then they'll retax the community on capital. In Liverpool, what we do is we, we acknowledge that the community's already been taxed once so we don't tax them twice. We put that in that capital reserve so that when we make improvements to the community for our, for our schools, the community is not taxed twice. That's, that's, that's the really high-level philosophy on what we do and how we do it. I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I think, I think that's huge. One thing I will say, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you former math teacher, okay, you can tell, but I have to give him a shout-out because um, – his fiscal responsibility to this community um, and the thought that goes into that and the ability for us to do these projects, to build these great things, to keep increasing the number of programs that we have for kids. Yeah. We can't just go out and just throw money around. And Dan's incredibly smart and incredibly fiscally responsible for this community. How often does he say no to you? If he needs to, he will. Um, it's it's funny because the way we do business and plan, um, that's there's not often times where I need. It's not like maybe other districts where I need to go and beg for something. We don't we don't yeah. work that way. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think I think it's a difference between need and want. Right. Okay. When we need something, we get it, yeah. and, and we find a way to it's get planned. it. Okay. Because we planned it. We think about it ahead. I mean, Ari and I were talking last summer about our boys and girls basketball teams going to the Final Four. We're sitting there at the Final Four this this March, and we're smirking. Because we remember talking about that this summer. So we did some things thinking that this might happen. So, you know, that, that goes back to those relationships that I was talking about, yeah. thinking, planning. That, that affects how you plan things fiscally. I mean, all of these things, these relationships, the fiscal planning, it's not, there's nothing in isolation. Everything's connected. So it's just really important that that we do have those relationships, but I, I think it's the need and the want. There, there are things that we want, and then we, we plan for it, and then it becomes possible. There's things we need in the moment. I mean, 
our baseball team, if we would have, you know, qualified for the state tournament in, in baseball, if we lost in the regional, we would have got the kids a bus. But that money isn't isn't there right now. We would we, we didn't waste the money. Yeah. Our girls qualified two years ago to go to the final four in softball. Right. We had to get a charter bus at the last minute. Yeah. That's not a want. Okay, we we need to get the girls there, so we need to know how we're going to do that. And that's how we plan for these things ahead of time. So there's not a, a time where we say we need something and we can't. And, and that's one of the things I'm really proud of is it's, in my five years, I've been back in the district. Every time our kids need something, we make it happen. And, and that's, that's, and that doesn't happen just because we want it to happen. It's because we planned what if, what if, what if. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think, and what do they say when people that look lucky, that luck is labor under correct knowledge, that there's the reality that people that constantly look lucky are, are people that prepare, people that set themselves up for what if this happens, what if that happens. I mean, I've learned from just sheer technology that if I try to go on air and this doesn't work, that there's a backup plan to that. There's like a backup to my backup to my backup. And I found the fourth way to go on air when this shuts down and this doesn't work and this thing's giving me trouble, I'd find a way. And I remember that there was a time where I'm sitting in my office in my studio where I was doing shows for months and they looked good and they looked normal. But if people, and I said this all the time, if you knew what I had to go through to make that work, but it's because you wanted it and you needed it. And in that moment you needed to figure it out, but you planned ahead of time, like you said, to say, okay, let's take what I learned in school. Let's take what I've had to do. Let's take what I used to do before I did it this way. And let's find a different avenue to make it work. Because, and I talked about this on the show this morning, when I tell people all the time, there's a difference that you learn very quickly in anything in life, relationships, professionally, personally, anything. You find out quickly if you love something or if you think that you love something. Because if you love it, you won't even hesitate to figure something out and to get up off your feet and make it work. If you think you love it, I can't even say the word, honestly, because it makes me want to throw up. But if you think you love it, you'll Q-U-I-T if you think you love it. Because when you think you do, but you don't really, something happens and you go, I don't need it. I don't need to deal with that. I can walk away from that. I'll find something else. And I don't deal with people that leave a something on fire and just go, I'll go to where the fire isn't. Because eventually that fire catches up to you. It's like a wildfire. If you let that fire go and let that fire go and let that fire go, it'll hit your block. But when you're determined to put a fire out, you're going to do it. And what I like about what we've done for over three years with Liverpool is that you've allowed me an open door to your teams, to your facilities, to getting to know people. And that through Ari, to Dr. Potter, to Dan, to yourself, you've all given me this access to learn and to let people see it, let people feel it. Like this is a time capsule. All the things we're talking about, we're talking about years in advance. And so people can really hear the why and what's going on from the logo and the name to the stadium and the facilities and different things that we're doing. But I want to thank you for letting me do this because my vision for Liverpool to do a monthly show and to spend 
a trip around the sun dedicated to Liverpool athletics and dedicated to Liverpool's community. It doesn't happen if you guys didn't value it. So thank you. It's our privilege and our honor. So with that being said, let's rapid fire this thing. All right, Joe. Ari, you get to ask me the first one. Pool or hot tub? Probably pool because, because like I, I genuinely, most people that know me believe that I was born in Atlantis, that I'm like the real Aquaman. Okay. Because I, if I'm on vacation and I'm in the water, like people will be laying out in the sun and they're doing this, doing that. They're going to get a drink. I will get in the pool at noon and be in the pool until like seven o'clock at night. All day. Okay. Yeah, like all day in the pool. And I can, I can hold my breath better underwater than I can above water, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. But I always do the challenge when I'm on a trip is I'll go to whatever part of the pool and I'll pick a far distant wall in the pool and say to myself, I got to get from here to there underwater and I can't come up once. Yeah. And so I do that all the time. And I've been doing that since I was like really little. So, yeah, I'd probably say pool. I don't mind the hot tub, but I don't like being hot when I'm hot. Yeah. Like hot tub in the winter. Okay. But I don't like being hot in Florida. Like I'm not going to jump in there like that. So, okay. I like that question. All right, Ari. Hmm. My question for you. If you were running for president of the United States, what job would you give Dan? And what job would you give me? <laughs> that is an unbelievable question, actually. Um <laughs> Because I'm thinking about the current state of affairs and things I've recently watched on television. Yeah. <laughs> you would definitely, I'm going to go with you first. Okay. You would absolutely be um, my spokesperson. You would definitely be up front. What's the woman's name now that's speaking for the president? John Pierre. You know who I'm talking about, right? You know what I mean? The, pre the press the secretary? Yes. Okay. All right. You know what I'm talking about? I, I feel like they switch so often. I, well, she, I don't pay attention. You would be <laughs> much better. Okay. All right. So, so that I'd would be, be you. I would be, right. I would be the one that's right now. I can hardly wait what I'm going to do. <laughs> I like that. You would. Um, so that means I'm responsible for like keeping us out of war, too. You would still be you would still be telling me what to do, even if I was the president. <laughs> so I'd be your number one advisor. All right. All right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. I like that. All right. You get to ask one to Dan. I get to ask Dan. Oh, boy. What time will we leave for the Giants and the Bills game this year? It's a sunny night. It's a sunny night game. It's a sunny night game. So you'll have to get Tracy Litya. Oh, she's gone. Did you hear that? Yeah, Tracy. I'm going to take Ari for the night, and uh, we're going to the Giants and Bills game. Unfortunately, I'm going to come home happy, and Ari's not. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, Dan, what's your question for Ari? Wow, oh, you guys are um... – We got one more round, so you got to keep those fire in here. All right, so – all right, so you guys are asking really good questions here. Um, I love that I'm the press secretary. Thank you, Eric. That's nice. You know, 
what's wrong with the New York Yankees? This is good <laughs> wrong for, for both of you because it's killing me. Like tonight, the, tonight I'm gonna leave here tonight. I'm gonna go home. I'm, by the way, I'm gonna go home tonight. I'm gonna sit in my hot tub. Okay. And I'm going to watch the Yankees. It's, it's a later game. Do you have a TV that, like, pops up out of the floor? Kind of. I, yeah, it's in the window, and the TV's outside, and the speaker system. So I'll watch the Yankees. It's through the window. Let me ask yeah. you a question. Why have I never been invited to the Heather household? I guess is the real question. So, so, so but in all honesty, I, I need to know. This, remember, this is he my what's wrong with it? What's wrong with the New York Yankees? He didn't answer me. Well, everybody, everybody says that Judge isn't playing. That's the reason. Okay. Right? That's right. an easy um, out. But I'm going to give you a different answer. So you know, I grew up near there, you know, yeah. about an hour away. Yeah. Um, and I Where did you grow up? Trumbull, Connecticut. Okay. And I think one of the problems right now is that not enough Yankee fans know who is on the Yankees. Not True. enough Yankee fans really know who the players are on the Yankees right now. I feel like that's true. And, you know, in the tri-state area, Yankee fans are different, right? New York fans are different. I could say it. I grew up there. I watch every game. It's not every even – it's nothing. You know, my friends continually now still tease me because I certainly don't do that anymore. I've, I've invested my time in Syracuse, right? So yeah. I, I, I plan for those events. But I really do think that's part of it. Okay. Um, it's different now. Yeah, um, and you know, they well, got so hit the ball. They got hit the ball. There's so many other things on TV. So what's wrong with the Yankees? And I, I'll answer this. This won't count as your question for me, but I will tell you that I will say this, and I would have said this probably a decade ago, and I'd say it five years ago, and I'd say it today. Pitching, 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 pitching. I don't understand what the mentality is of let's have one ace and hope to God everybody else can do something. You got Garrett Cole. Great. But what's the plan? When they had CC Sabathia, what was the plan? What's the plan in rotation outside of one guy, two guys? So, yeah, they need to hit the ball. But the Yankees are always relying on the fact they're going to out-hit somebody in the playoffs. And we have seen that it's been proven that, yeah, there's a lot of teams that can hit. But down the stretch – the teams that win are the teams that can pitch. So you're talking about the GM. Yeah, I mean, they're making bad decisions. And by the way, there's a guy that should have never been fired from the Yankees. His name is Joe Torre. I love Joe Torre. And I'm, I'm upset still to this day about Joe Torre. Valid. So, okay. I, I, I soaked the fire. Okay, so so Dan, Dan, you asked, Ari, Ari asked you. So now you get to ask me, Dan. That one didn't count. All right, so I'm going to go out of sports here. So if you could talk to your younger self yeah. and give your younger self when you're just entering high school advice, what would that advice be? Don't care what anybody thinks. Be exactly who you are. Don't apologize. Don't keep your mouth shut because in a good way. But in high school, I wasn't myself. I was quiet. I tried to be nice to everybody, which somehow gets you bullied. I wasn't a click guy. I literally tried to be friends with everybody and it got me in a lot of trouble apparently. And so I would tell myself, be yourself, believe in God, be proud of who you are. Don't hide who you are. And if people don't like it tough, because 20 years from now, you're going to be doing all the things you said you were going to be doing. And it never mattered what they said anyways. That's what I would say. All right, Dan. Hmm. 
You got some good questions for me. Okay, you know what? We're going to go to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I love it. I thought in the last two years they had a shot at that thing called the Super Bowl. I think this year is going to be more difficult than the last two. And I think the AFC itself houses all but one elite quarterback in the NFL. So they're all on the side of the Buffalo Bills. How does Buffalo get to the promised land this year? Or can they? Well, it, again, it's, it's simple. They, they have to stay healthy. I mean, it's on paper, okay, on paper, I believe they had the best team in the NFL last year. But they got, I mean, their defense, they were starting third string, a third string secondary. Von Miller is on the bench in the playoffs, and they, they couldn't keep up with the best teams. So the most healthy team of those elite teams is going to win the Super Bowl. On paper, though, I'll go back to what, what the, those first five, six games last year yeah. before the injury bug hit them. I mean, they were wrong. They were speeding teams. They, they were rolling teams. Um, and then they won a the, game with five turnovers, which is unheard of. They, they were just so. If, if we stay healthy, I say we like I'm on the team. But if, if the Bills if the Bills stay healthy, they have a great shot to win the Super Bowl. But because you have to assume. Another team's not going to be healthy, okay? So, because it, it's very rare that three or four teams go into the Super Bowl healthy you know, in that Super Bowl run. I mean, the Bills lost three games. Was it? Yeah, three games last year, but they were just battered and bruised by the time they got to the playoffs, and they couldn't keep up. So that, that's the magic: stay healthy. Yeah, Von Miller, Micah Hyde does a lot to that team when they're not around. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to do one more round. Ari, you get to ask me. I think I asked you this one before, okay. but I'm going to revisit this question because okay. I know where you went to high school. Okay. So have you gotten rid of all your CBA apparel yet <laughs> out of your closet? They didn't really give me anything. So I have. I think I have something from Casey Brown, and I love Casey, and Casey, you know that. So yeah, Casey and I are close, So and, and Casey's been there for me off the field more than I can count. So I I would say whatever I have is from him, but they really didn't ever give us that. It's weird. We paid so much tuition. We never went anywhere. In, we never went to any trips. We never we never had a Florida trip. We never, like, we didn't even go to the Civic Center. I never knew where the money went because we never went to any field trips, not even to the zoo, and we never got any free apparel. So, you know. I'm still waiting, I guess. Okay. But I'm also still waiting on my Liverpool apparel. So. You are. That, this, that's coming this summer. And Casey Brown is a good guy. He is a good guy. All right, all right. I get to ask you a you question. You got me now. one? All right. Yeah. All right. all right. That's fun since you asked me that. Okay, let's go somewhere with that. Okay. okay. All right, all right. If you were recruiting me back in the day, right, and let's say that Liverpool – Let's say I was living in the Liverpool area, right? So I'm supposed to go there, but I could go to a private school, whatever. If you were recruiting me, what would be your pitch to me to make me come to Liverpool High School? Basketball? Yeah, because that's what I played on my life. Well, I would say that uh, one of the most important roles that we have at Liverpool and Ryan has established is a uh, – Bench mob leader. So you immediately, I would recruit you.
for the leader of the bench mob. You want me to be the bench mob? Bench so I'm mob. not playing? Leader of the bench mob. <laughs> That's what I would That's recruit you for. Well, it's an important role, right? right. It's yeah. more of a leadership role for camaraderie, yeah. uh, things like that. I would tap into you for that specific reason to help the team. So you're just hoping I would never play? No, I, I haven't seen you shoot. You haven't seen me shoot. I haven't seen you shoot. There and is. I know what you are as a person, and I know that you are a somebody that values team and somebody that values roles, and so that's what I would recruit you for. All right, Black, we got to show them that I can shoot. <laughs> All right, Dan, you get to ask Ari a question, your final one for Ari. All right. I'm not, I'm not very good at this. Um <laughs> Let's see. So, dream job after you retire. What, what, what's what's the dream job for you? He's gonna a, be on the bench. The next step. Yeah. He's gonna be in the bench. The next step. Is that fair? Oh, hey, <laughs> something you something something you look forward to doing. Is your next? Yeah. You're always thinking about the next thing. Yeah, I, I sure. think about it. You think about sure, it. Sure. So what's 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 something you dream to do? You might never do it. It's the, the dream, the dream job. He's going to be a producer for Wake Up Call, and you're going to go <laughs> me down to Florida to cover the Rays and the Jaguars. All right, deal. That? Okay, deal. That's, dream job. that's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, um, you know, I hope to do something related to this field and all related to all the relationships that I've built over the years um, in this in this area in central New York in Syracuse okay. uh, in some capacity um, I'm not sure what that'll be but uh, I'm excited about what the future brings well you can always be a member of the wake up call benchmark thank you <laughs> what's your question for Dale? Yeah, I got one more. This is you got, it. Yeah, you got one more because then Dan and I are going to have the finale. In 10 years, when we are both retired, yep. what will be the first sporting event that we go to? And I know I have an idea what I'd like to do because you and I have talked about it before and you visited down to that Crimson yeah. area. Yeah. But I've never been there. Um, big yeah. Alabama fan, this guy. Roll time. Roll and, time. Uh, Roll so, time. what will be the first thing we do, retired, when we don't have to worry about much? Well,. I wouldn't think it. I wouldn't think of as if it was a single game. I mean, there's. If you're a sports fan, you don't even have to like football. To go to an SEC football game, you, you can't describe it. I mean, I've been to national championship football games. I've been to wrestling national championships. I've been SEC football is just a culture that you can't describe. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like to do that, but I, I think it's more of, you know, being able to set up a, a season of, like, starring different things. Like, hey, we got to do th these I things. I like that. It's really 
living the things that we love to do and spending time with the people we love to spend time with, but experiencing things that we just don't, because we spent so much time for Liverpool to be able to do those things that we can only see on TV. Um, yeah, I do try to go down to Alabama, but last, I haven't been to Alabama since the, um, since the pandemic. Um, so to get down there to experience that and such good people, and you know, I've, I've great relationships with the people down there that I've, I've become friends with over the last decade. Um, but yeah, for, for me to bring you guys along and go, go do that. I know Mr. Lawrence wants to do, uh, wants to do a Notre Dame game, but to do a series of those mm-hmm. things with my friends that, mm-hmm. you know, we been on the string together, that would mean an awful lot, I think, to all of us. Yeah, I can say Florida, Florida State, it was a different world when I was down there. Unbelievable. They started tailgating around 8 or 9 a.m. The game, I think, was at 3, and then they were still tailgating at 10 p.m. So it was like thir- at least 13 hours of people outside for the game. And if your team lost, you tailgated. And if your team won, you tailgated. Like nobody was getting out of town. Everybody was celebrating. Yep. And and I every time I'm in the South or I'm witnessing the South, my response is always, we need to do better up here. Because the South is just it's a it's an experience. It's literally like every Saturday there's a parade. Yeah. That's what it feels. It's like the Macy's Day parade every Saturday. It would be and incredible if we could make that happen here, but I mean, it is what it is. It's 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 cultural. Yeah, it, it really is for sure. All right, so you asked him, and did, so I'm, a, I'm yeah. asking you now. Yeah, you're asking me now. All right, so I'm a Back to the Future fan. So show him I. So I give you a time machine. Yeah. What time period do you go to? In in Central New York. Great question. In Central New York. Yeah, because your time machine, I mean, Marty McFly. Could never like he couldn't leave like here and end up in like end up in Egypt. I mean, right. he would end up in the same place, same you know, same place, but different time period. So, would you go forward? Would you go back? Where would you go? What would you be interested in seeing? The way this country is going, I would not go forward. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to see what it looks like right now. I want to try and change it. So, I probably have to go back. And I would say, so I have an interesting connection to Back to the Future. So, Martin McFly means a lot to me, you know, teach you to stand up to your bullies and stand up to your adversity. And the cool thing about that time period was that they went to October 21st, 2015 in the movie. Yep. And October 21st is my birthday. So when, so when the movie came out in 1985, that's the year I was born. And when they went to October 21st, 2015, in the 30-year anniversary at New York Comic-Con, which I covered for my entertainment show, Superpowered Pop, they had these T-shirts that said, where were you? And I was like, well, I was being born. And then it was my 30th birthday. So every time Back to the Future has an anniversary, it's my it's on my birthday. And, and then I got to meet Michael J. Fox last October, again with October. So that was cool. So I would say, Very cool. and him and uh, Christopher Lloyd, I have a bunch of... I went to their panel and I have a bunch of things saved in what they said. And they just like, they love each other as people truly. And makes, I mean, it honestly makes you cry. Like how, how connected people can be when they let themselves be. So I would go back. I would go back to being 
you know, six years old. And I just keep reliving that year because it was the year that my grandfather's passed away. So I just go back to the last time I was with them and I just, I'd spend time with them and then I'd go back and I'd spend more time with them and I'd go back. So I just, I'd use my, I would use my time machine to go back and be with them. And I'd probably try to save them, but I know with the flash that changes everything. But uh, I would also go and, and say, I never say goodbye when people are on the phone with me. I always say see you because goodbye is final. So I want, I never got to say see you to them. So I'd, I'd go back, hug them, give them a kiss on the cheek, spend a lot of time, and then say see you. Cool. That, that would be my back to the future. All right. All right, Dan. My Jaguars are playing your Bills in London this year. What are the three best things that the Jaguars bring to the table? Play devil's advocate. Why is my team going to give your team some fire? Well, they're going to play back-to-back weeks in Europe, okay? And the Bills are the second week, so that they'll already be there. So the whole jet lag thing, that's an advantage for the Jags. Yes. They played multiple years. So if anybody that's been with the team, you know, so they have the experience of going there. So – We'll, we'll make that number one. Yeah, nobody's played more in overseas than the Jackson. Yep. Um, I would say number two, um, Trevor Lawrence is, you know, a machine. Um, he's really coming to his own. It's the second half of the season last year, um, the coaching staff, everything really gelled. So they're going to be a dangerous team. Um, I would say so that's number two. And um, number three, um, you know, they have a great. I mean, Coach Peterson is an incredible coach. He's already won a Super Bowl, um, and so he, you know, infused a winning environment there. And you know, so they're going to. They're a playoff team. I mean, they're winning the division. It's, it's not about. It's about where they're going to go. They won a playoff game last year. Um, they won just as many playoff games as the Bills last year. Um, so it, it really comes down to. Uh, you know, who brings it that day? Because, I mean, they're a really talented team. And we were a fumble. We were two plays away from beating the Chiefs. So, yeah, you know, and we played better against them the second time than the first time, which was also in Kansas City last season. So that being said, for superintendent of schools here in the Liverpool Central School District, Dan Henner, for the athletics director at Liverpool High School, Ari Lieberman, myself, Dan Tortora, this has been our monthly sit-down with Liverpool High School and the Warriors here at Avicoli, 7839 Oswego Road in Liverpool, New York, right down the road from Liverpool High School. Open Tuesday through Sunday. The patio is open here during the summer, so make sure you come out for that. We're on the pizza side. There's fine dining. There's a bar. And, of course, for takeout, delivery, and catering, call 315-622-5100. Wake-up call is available for you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Same channels that you're on right now with us on YouTube.com backslash DT, Facebook.com backslash DT, and on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. And, of course, in our archives on Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. MixLR, Player FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Podvine, Podchaser, Boomplay, and YouTube. So with that being said, we appreciate you all and thank you for being here. We bid you do and want to thank you gentlemen as always for the fun. Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing in the community. Trey. Right. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. We'll Go talk cool. to you soon. All right, that was fun. All right, man.
Good stuff. Oh, Thanks, Dan. I gotta hit the.